Welcome, listeners, to the debut episode of Trick or Track, a podcast dedicated to analyzing and celebrating the music of horror. I am your host, Abysme. As this is the inaugural episode, allow me to introduce myself briefly. I am a musician first and podcaster second. I have an eclectic background in musical training, such as singing lessons and clarinet. I played guitar through college and for the past several years have been releasing ambient and electronic music on the internet. You may even hear my work around the lovely site that is creativehorror.com. I love sound, sound design, music, and all the emotions that all these things convey. I am always very interested in how artistic works utilize sound and music in their productions to accompany the narrative. So, in this show, I will be taking a look at movies, songs, video games, and other soundtracks, with the aim to share my opinion and knowledge so you can determine for yourself if something is an empty trick or a choice track. With the introduction out of the way, let's take a listen to the first movie I have consumed for this show, director John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Spoilers ahead. I watched this movie on the day it was released to theaters, April 6th, 2018. I don't watch most horror movies that come out these days because most of them just look generic and uninspiring, and boy was this movie accompanied by trailers for some bad-looking horror movies. What initially intrigued me about A Quiet Place was its premise. From the trailer, the audience is told that a family is struggling for survival in a rural area of the United States against an unseen foe. This foe has extremely sensitive hearing and has forced the family to conduct their daily lives in almost complete silence. You might be thinking, wait, you really like sound. Why would a movie about silence interest you, Abysme? To which I reply, you already answered the question. Most horror movies are so damn loud. I can't throw a rock without hitting a horror flick that relies on three core sound design elements. One, general ambience or stringed instruments, usually both. 2. Periods of silence meant to build suspense and tension. And then, wait for it. 3. Loud stingers, bangs, crashes, or other explosions of sound that are meant to cause what is known as a jump scare. Horror movies in all aspects have become very formulaic, and the sound department is no exception. They rely on constant noise in order to force a scare out of you, rarely relying on the power of silence. That is why I was interested in this movie. The very premise is built on silence. Granted, my first public thought on Twitter in regards to this movie was that I predict that A Quiet Place will be very loud. But as reviews came out, my hope was restored and I set about to see the movie. Before I go into examples of this movie's sound design choices, let me first explain what I was expecting. Think back to when you were a young child. Old enough that you had your own room, or at least a room separate from your parents, but young enough that you still needed a nightlight or a bedtime story, anything to help you sleep because you greatly feared the dark. You are alone in bed. The lights are off. Your family is asleep. The neighbors are asleep. The world is asleep. No dogs bark. No cars drive by. If there is any outside ambience, you are so used to it as white noise that not even that can calm you. You can feel your heart beat harder in your chest. You're afraid of the dark and you don't know why. You close your eyes and try desperately to fall asleep. You pull the covers above your head. You heard something. Something in the distance. 
Maybe something fell. Maybe it was a footstep. You just don't know. You strain your ears to hear it again, but nothing happens. You barely work up the courage to look out from under the covers. Suddenly, things in your room have taken on a sinister shape in the shadows. Nothing can be trusted and you are trapped. You scan the room, attempting to rationalize every scary object to what it actually is. That's your chair, that's your hat, that's your... A different sound. Louder, closer. Whatever is out there knows where you are. You are paralyzed with fear. Every conceivable hiding place can be a death trap. Under your bed, the closet, the window. Nowhere is safe except your parents' room. And you dare not try the hallway. Maybe it's your pet. Maybe your brother is sleepwalking again. Or maybe someone is hiding in your room. Just waiting for the right time to strike. I'm more than certain that a lot of you didn't find that too spooky. But I hope you understand my point that silence is very powerful when it comes to fear. Punctuating silence with careful and meticulous sounds can achieve a very horrifying balance. That is what I was expecting when I bought my ticket for A Quiet Place. A world where every waking moment is like being a child scared of the dark. So, it is with disappointment that I have to say A Quiet Place runs afoul of the problems plaguing most horror movies and did not meet my expectations whatsoever. I avoided reviews of this movie because I didn't want my fresh viewing painted by preconceived notions from others. I heard briefly from others that the sound design was good and that the movie was overall great. Unfortunately, I don't share that same impression. This movie does use silence a lot. It does understand the concept of using silence to one's advantage. But it fails in execution. The first problem I noticed was the use of non-diegetic music. Diegetic sound is sound that exists in the universe of the movie. If a character plays a boombox, that character is hearing the music and so is the audience. The boombox is supplying diegetic sound. Non-diegetic sounds are those that exist outside the movie's universe. No one but the audience hears the Imperial March from Star Wars as it exists outside the movie. A Quiet Place has a solid, if forgettable, soundtrack. It offers the regular fare of dissonant strings, heavy subtractive bass lines, pulsating rhythms, etc. If it were up to me, this movie would have no soundtrack. Adding in non-diegetic music runs the risk of ruining immersion, which is precisely what happened. The opening scene inside a pharmacy is almost completely quiet, introducing characters and the world around them. It was done well and forced the audience to shut the hell up and listen intently. But as soon as the main characters leave the pharmacy, we hear pastoral music as the scene transitions. Immediately I was pulled out of this world that should be silently terrifying. Another pitfall of using a soundtrack in a horror movie is that it risks telegraphing too much to the audience. The music in A Quiet Place often told me to feel forlorn or sad or wistful or hopeful or calm or afraid, and thus I could predict what would happen in the movie in that particular scene. I don't want to be told the ending. No one wants to be told what is coming. That goes against the point of most horror movies. Now, I'm not saying that horror movies can't have great soundtracks and that every movie should be silent. Far from it, in fact, as I'll be reviewing a movie in the next episode that used sound expertly. Certain movies can thrive on grand soundtracks, but A Quiet Place should be just that, quiet. I'm not sure whose choice it was to add a soundtrack and to break immersion so frequently, but it was very disappointing to hear a very unmemorable score ruin a good premise. The second grievous error A Quiet Place made was jump scares. 
It's one thing if a loud sound is accompanied by something scary, but it can be overdone. However, A Quiet Place committed a terrible error in using jump scare tactics to illustrate moments that didn't even need it. For example, we know from the trailer that a kid knocks over a lamp while playing Monopoly. In the movie, the family gets very still, very quiet, and waits to see if their adversary heard it. Subtle sounds are heard off screen. This got my ears perked up because it was hitting all the right beats. Then bam, Raccoon jumps down from the roof. It was a fake out. It told the audience that nothing was happening that night, but still shot adrenaline through them via a fight or flight response. It's a lazy tactic that too many studios employ. If the subtle sounds had persisted, but then just vanished, the characters, and by extension the audience, would have been left wondering if everything was indeed okay. It would have left us in suspense and apprehension until the next scene came, planting the seed of wariness more firmly in our minds. But of course, the raccoons are seen running off and we are welcomed by another jump scare of them getting stepped on by the scary monster. This continues on for the whole movie. When characters bump into each other, jump scare. When the husband thinks he lost his wife, but guess what, she's in the shower behind a glass door and she's fine, jump scare, with her bloody hand on the door. Jump scares are forced scares. They cheapen the horror and I'm very sad to see that A Quiet Place resorted to them so much. The final issue I had with the sound in this movie were the creature sounds. Not so much an issue, I suppose, more of just additional disappointment. I heard good things about the monster sounds, but they honestly struck me as rather generic. The monsters sound like pig squeals mixed with roars and the occasional insect clicking for echolocation. This isn't bad by any stretch, and it does fit the creature design, I suppose, but there was a huge opportunity missed here. These creatures are unlike anything the characters have experienced prior to the invasion or infestation or whatever caused the monster to come to life. In a movie about silence and unseen terrors, what we should hear should be utterly otherworldly. There is so much experimentation and possibility available to sound designers. So many different directions that could have been taken. But in the end, it sounded like a xenomorph with a sore throat. Again, not bad, but really missed an opportunity to go from good to great. In my opinion, A Quiet Place is a trick. It promises terrifying scares centered around silence, but ultimately is rather run-of-the-mill. Movies such as Don't Breathe, Hush, and others all try to capitalize on using silence as a vehicle for scares, but Hollywood just can't seem to keep the jump scares in their pocket. There are some moments of great tension when they come from the hearing-impaired character's point of view, but they never last long enough and don't fully immerse the audience in the dangers of being oblivious to danger. It's a shame, but not one I'm particularly angry about. To be constructive, here's how I would have handled this movie. No music. As much silence as possible. We only hear what the characters hear, which is themselves, their environment, and the monsters. We barely hear the monsters. We hear some strange thumps or rumbles or hisses now and then, but just enough to plant fear in both the characters and the audience's minds. Then, at the climax of the movie, do we actually hear and maybe see the antagonist, its eldritch roar both terrifying and disarming the characters. Or maybe we hear nothing from it at all. Like the original Blair Witch, we can put neither face nor sound to the monster, leaving it a horrific mystery. I'm no expert, but I believe those suggestions would have made for a much more effective horror movie in A Quiet Place. That concludes my analysis of the sound design in A Quiet Place. Whether you are a veteran musician, movie buff, or just curious about scary music, thank you for giving this podcast a listen. If you would like me to review a particular film, artist, video game, or other piece of scary sounds, please leave a comment or message me on Twitter at abysmi, A-B-Y-S-M-I-I. 
If you like what you heard here, please check out the other quality content on creativehorror.com. Ha, 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 ha.